You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. My new book, Profit First for Therapists, is available at most online retailers. You can get it in paperback, audiobook, or ebook as well. Go check it out. Hey everyone, welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today is a little more of a personal episode or more personal than usual, uh, where I am sharing some of the things I'm doing to take care of the business, take care of my team, my family, and myself in this season of the business. Uh, So my business has changed a lot over the last several years. Uh, I now run a multi-million dollar accounting firm. Uh, So in the firm, I no longer handle the accounting work. I handle uh, a lot of the oversight, and my role is now to support the team versus supporting the clients directly. Uh, And as much as I I love the client work, um, you know, that part of the business, Uh, That's just not something that I can sustainably do day in and day out. And over the last few years, I've been setting things up to take care of the team, take care of myself, and also take care of of my family, which in my case is my husband and my three kids. And I also have three dogs. Uh, So what I'm sharing today is not to brag, right? It's just this is what my business is today. And as it continues to grow, I always find it really helpful to look at what other people are doing who are uh, right alongside me. What are people doing who are a little bit ahead of me? Um, And even if my business were smaller than it is today, I think a lot of these items are important. So I think that they can be beneficial to most business owners. Uh, So this may or may not be where you are in your business. It may not be what your household look like. It's simply where I am. So not good or bad. Like this is just where it is. So wherever you are in your business, I hope that you will find a little nugget here today that can ultimately be helpful to you. I also want to mention that I did not work on all of these things all at the same time, right? I've had my business for many, many years now. And so these are things that I have slowly been doing over the last couple of years. So uh, as you listen in today, definitely there's no need to feel overwhelmed. Maybe just pick one thing that you can tackle uh, that will be in benefit to you and everyone around you. Let's get started. I'll start with a few things that I do that are related to both the business and my personal life. And then I'll give you a couple of tips of things that I've set up or done uh, just on the personal side. Uh, So first off, an emergency fund. I have both an emergency fund in the business and at home. Uh, So I typically recommend in the business to have an emergency fund of about two months of expenses Uh, So not two months of income and two months of expenses in the business. And that's in part because it takes a really long time to be able to save that up. Uh, So if I were to say six months of expenses, I mean, that almost feels unattainable where some some practice owners certainly can get there, but it's a really, really big dollar amount. Um, And so I think two months of expenses gives you a lot of runway uh, in the business. On the personal side, I like to recommend six months worth of expenses as an emergency fund. And it's a lot more on the on the personal side uh, because I want to make sure that I'm always able to take care of my family. Uh, and so if something were to happen to me and I wasn't able to work or something were to happen to the business and I was not able to take 
take a distribution or take a salary anymore, I would want to make sure that my household is taken care of. So this kind of gives me an additional buffer that if something wasn't going well in the business, I at least have money on the personal side that I could tap into if I needed to. Um, and in the same uh, token, I would reduce expenses in uh, the business. I also choose the number six months or to have six months worth of expenses in part because my my husband has been a business owner for our entire relationship. Uh, and so there's just more risk when you have two business owners in the family. And so that is the number that, that works for me. You could even go higher than that, but that's just where I tend to feel comfortable. Uh, and so the emergency funds that I have, they are in money market accounts and they still don't make a whole lot of money and interest, right? But that is okay with me because to me, the goal of an emergency fund is liquidity. I'm okay with losing some potential upside here where I could make more money right now if I were to put that money in um, a certificate of deposit or a CD, but it just takes a couple of days longer to get that money if I needed it. And so for me, the goal of an emergency fund is to be able to get cash very, very fast if you need it. Um, and so I also don't invest this money because if it was in the stock market, it could go up and go down. And as luck will have it, it usually goes down exactly at the moment that you need it, right? There's a market crash, something happens, you need the money and it's worth less than it used to. And so the dollar amount in my emergency fund doesn't go up and down, it doesn't fluctuate, it doesn't increase very much now that it's uh, complete, it just increases by the small amount of interest I get uh, every month and that is okay because it's there if I need it. All right, another item, number two that I have in uh, both in the business and at home is a budget. I have one in both because I'm an accountant. I think that probably does not surprise you, but we do have a business for the budget and we do look at uh, what we're spending. We do look at the budget on a regular basis. How much did we spend or make versus how much we had budgeted. And then as we get uh, into Q4 every year, one of the things I really love to do is start on next year's budget. Uh, and sometimes I start it even earlier than, than Q4. I start looking at, okay, what is going on in the next uh, 12 months? Because I usually am looking at this point uh, in the business, I'm looking out mostly 12 months or more uh, ahead of time. So actually, I'm recording this in August and I have already started the budget for 2024. I also have a budget on the personal side. I have to admit, I am a lot less rigid about the budget on, on the personal side these days. If there's a little bit of something that we, you know, we want to do that, or, um, you know, an activity that my kids want to do that's a little more expensive than I had anticipated, um, I'm usually a little uh, more lenient there, but there definitely is a budget. It's not just, um, you know, whatever, we spend whatever. I find that when you're just looking at it on a regular basis, you are naturally going to spend less money. So to me, it's important to have a budget, even though there's some, some wiggle room in it. Um, it's probably also not a surprise that I handle the money in my household. Um, that, you know, that's just who I am. So I handle the money. Another item I have for the business is a key person life insurance, sometimes also called uh, a key man life insurance policy. So this one is something that I have to protect the business. So my plan is obviously not to die, but if I were to die, because I'm the owner of the business, I am the visionary in the business, there could be significant repercussions uh, to the business. And the goal ultimately is to keep it running uh, and also I want to take care of my employees. So I do have a term 
life insurance policy. That's a key person insurance where if I were to pass away, the business would get the the amount of that policy. So the business is the beneficiary. Um, and sometimes you are going to be required to have that depending on what the structure of your business is. If there's any loans in the business, we've often seen that uh, come up if the uh, business is the guarantor of a real estate loan, for example, they're often going to ask for a key person policy to be in place. Um, and so in my mind, the goal of this policy is that if I were no longer in the business, there would still be money to pay everyone who works for me. There would also be money to hire someone else if needed, right? Probably someone would get promoted from within, uh, but ultimately the business would continue on. And one of the goals with a key person policy is that you want to keep the business alive long enough if you have died so that your uh, beneficiaries are able to either put someone else in place or sell the business where it doesn't all of a sudden become worth zero dollars and it's no longer a sellable asset. Um, so this is something that I do to, to protect the team, protect the business, and ultimately protect my, my family as well. Um, I also do have life insurance on the personal side. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm just a big proponent that if someone relies on you and the money that you bring to the household, you should have life insurance. So the policy I have and the policy my husband has, they're both uh, term life insurance policies that is typically going to be the very cheapest insurance you can get. There is no cash value, but for almost everyone that is listening, there is no need to have cash in your life insurance policy. Just invest your money in real investments and a term life insurance policy is enough. Um, so again, if I were to pass away, and I, I really hope that doesn't happen, uh, but my I know that my family would be taken care of. And to me, that has always given me a lot of peace of mind. I sleep really well at night, um, just knowing that everything is taken care of and that should I pass away, the last thing my children will ever have to worry about is money, right? They, they, they would have so much uh, to deal with already. I did not want them to also have to um, worry about money. Another item that I have in the business is long-term disability insurance. So I personally decided uh, to not have a short-term disability policy in part because of the emergency fund, right? Uh, you are actually very likely to use a short-term disability policy uh, in your lifetime. Uh, but that's just something that for me, I did not decide, I decided that was not worth, um, the money that it cost. Again, it's kind of expensive because it's pretty likely that you will, you will need it at some point. Uh, so I have a long-term disability insurance. And this is, again, if I was disabled long-term, I would need to be replaced. So likely someone on my team would step up into my role. Someone would step up to replace them, right? This domino effect. And so while the business might still be able to pay me, I don't want to take that chance. And I also don't want to put that burden on the business that it would still have to continue to pay me at the same rate for me to be okay while also replacing me. It's possible that the business could do that, but I just don't want to take that chance, right? I don't want to put that the business at risk. I also don't want to uh, be in the situation where I need the money and I, I can't take it out. All right, so some of, those are some of the big, big ticket items um, that I have done. I've also worked with my team so that there is a plan when I'm not in the office. I am not, if I'm not around, there is someone else who is able and capable of taking over. We have standard operating procedures or SOPs in place. They know what needs to get done and someone else is capable of doing it. So there are, um, there is a backup to pretty much everything I do. All right, a few things on the personal side. 
I have a 401k uh, for my team and I contribute to it as much as I can each year. Uh, so we do offer a small batch. So I put as much money as I can in each year. I do not personally own any stocks or any crypto or any single stocks at least. I've always been of the mindset that investing consistently is the key. Uh, and so I set it on autopilot and it's not something that I look at often or obsess about. So the money goes into investments on a regular basis. Most of it is in uh, 401k. And I just don't think about, you know, what company should I invest in today? Or how is my crypto doing? Like, it's just on set it or forget, set it and forget it. It's like um, one of those 90s infomercials. So I put money in mutual funds that are consistent. That's just where my money lives. And over time, you have dollar cost averaging, right? So sometimes the market will go down, you'll buy when the market is down, sometimes it will go up, you'll buy when the market is up, and it ultimately averages out in the end. Um, I personally have a health insurance plan that is HSA eligible. Uh, and that is because my family is healthy. And so I do understand this is very much a place of privilege, not everyone is in that in that position. Um, but economically, this has worked out for our family. So to have an HSA eligible plan, and just to back up, HSA is health savings arrangement. So it's a uh, where you're able to put money into a tax deferred uh, HSA, where it is non taxable if you use it the money for um, to pay for medical uh, expenses. And so to, to be eligible for an HSA, the plan has to have a high deductible. And so I only choose this plan because my family is generally healthy. Uh, an HSA eligible plan typically is going to cover your well visits. Um, and so I know for, for you know my family, if my kids are sick and I need to take them to the, to the doctor, it's typically going to cost about $120 to $150, right? Uh, so I have this plan and we pay a lot less for this plan knowing that we're only going to need a handful of sick visits uh, each year. And a lot of the other services we use, like therapy, we're already paying out of pocket. So it's not it's not something that we would um, you know, meet our deductible for. And so the money that I save by having an HSA eligible plan, I put into the HSA. Because the cool thing is, if you pay a lot for a plan that you don't use, at the end of the year, you have just lost that money, right? But now that I pay less for the plan, I put the money into the HSA or the health savings uh, arrangement, maybe it sounds for account. I'm not sure off the top of my head, like, arrangement or account, the HSA, I put the money in the HSA that follows me forever. So it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it is, uh, it is a tax deduction when you put the money in. And as long as you use the money for health expenses, you never actually pay taxes on it, which is really, really, really cool. So I, um, take the money that I save, put it in there, one thing I started doing a couple years ago is I contribute to the HSA, but unless there's like a big medical event, I don't actually use the money. I just leave it in there to grow because in 10 years, 20 years, that's going to be a big dollar amount. So I'm letting it grow for now. And when I do take my kids in for a sick visit, I just pay the $125 that it costs out of pocket. So I leave the money in there to grow. Uh, now, again, if there was a big uh, medical situation, I probably would tap into that money, right? To just to help pay for everything. But uh, when it's just something little, I uh, pay for it out of pocket. All right, a few other little things on the personal side. I do have a will. I have advanced medical directives. Um, I have a, a medical power of attorney. Um, those are some things that I think everyone who has children should have. Uh, and, and 
even if you don't have children, if you have a business, I think you probably need a will, right? You need a professional will so that people know what your wishes are, who would take over, right? There's a plan of succession if something were to happen. And another thing about me, my favorite kind of car is a paid off car. Uh, and so even though I have a, a you know business that does pretty well, I have two paid off cars. One of them is 11 years old because I just don't care. I just don't care about what the car looks like. I care about the function and that is good enough for me. So no car payment means just more disposable income. Uh, I am actively working on paying down the mortgage of my home. Uh, it, again, that's not one of those things that I, I have to do. It's just, I think that that is a cool thing. I wanna have a paid off, paid off mortgage. Uh, I do contribute to college savings funds, 529s for my children. I'm a firm believer when it comes to any kind of savings like this, that something is better than nothing. So for years and years, I, I was contributing the minimum dollar amount to those accounts. And then every couple of years, I bumped it up. And so over time, though, um, it does add up. And so I'm saving for my kids. We talk about college often. I just think it's going to be such a great gift to be able to, to send them off to college with a, some money uh, so that they don't have to take on as much debt or maybe even any debt. That would be amazing. I would I, I hope that I'm able to pay for their college, but if not, they're going to have a, uh, a really nice savings account there. Before we go, I want to share that there was a time in my life where I had lots of time and no money. And now I'm in the situation where I don't have a lot of time. There's a lot of demands on my time, but I do have a little more uh, disposable income. And so at this point in my life, I am willing to trade money for time. That allows me to have a better quality of life, spend the time I need in my business, but also then spend the time I, I want to spend with my kids and relaxing. And so for example, anything that I can have delivered, I do. I Instacart everything because if it saves me an hour of going to the grocery store, it is worth the $3.99 delivery fee for Instacart. And so that's just how I think of some of these, these trade-offs these days because I value um, some time, getting some time back and doing only the things that only I can do. That is really, really precious to me at this point in my life. As I wrap up today, this is a pretty vulnerable episode. I've shared a lot of things that I'm doing on the personal side. My hope is that there is something in here that is helpful to you that you can go implement. And again, my business has not always been what it is now. There was a time where there was not a lot of money in my household. And actually I started my business in part because I needed, we just needed more money and I needed flexibility along with more money in the household. Uh, and so I understand what a, a, a fortunate position that I'm in and I certainly do not take that for granted. But I hope that you have found something that you can uh, do to take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones, and take care of your business and your team all at the same time. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice. 